Alrighty, boys, and welcome back to Hit the Books Podcast. We are back for episode four of season two, here to talk some NFL week one, week two, here with the boys. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Alex Ventura and Michael Mackey. I'll hand things over to Ace first. What's going on, Ace? Nothing much. Just enjoyed a great weekend of football. Uh, ready to get talking with the boys about it. Um, a lot of cool things to look at. Sun's shining. All airs coming in. I'm ready to roll. What about you, Mac? Obviously, week one didn't disappoint. We had a great week of uh, football. I had a nice five and three record, and the team card went what one and one. One and so, two after uh, a tough Monday night. Uh, one and two. I forgot about the Monday night play. So we're down a few units on that, but you know we got 17 weeks to make up for it. Yeah, I had a, a personal probably worst all time uh last year we had a pretty rough start to the card picks Mackie. whenever we jumped out to the individual i think the first three weeks last year we did team picks only uh, and then i think it was week four whenever we branched out and did some individual plays but uh last year i started out on a pretty good run this year i dug myself a nice little hole oh and four but nothing i can't come back from just gonna you know play my way out of this not gonna do any reaching any uh Bets I don't really love. This is just still going to stick by my guns. If, if something I love ends up being a team play and I have no card one week, I mean, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, definitely dug myself a hole that I'm going to have to be looking to get out of here shortly. But uh, Ace, I think you were two and three? Uh, I was three and three heading into Monday night, and then Russell Wilson and the Broncos decided to give me negative units on the week. Uh, ended up at, like I think, minus half a unit. Uh, Sunday night football really helped me and Mackie. Tom Brady always you can always count on the goat, right, Mackie? <laughs> I was so pissed, not dude. Not 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 to put up points. No, we got Dalton Schultz on that overprop. We were doing some di- some deep huge digging huge. into the props this weekend, Mackie and I, and it paid off dividends. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I was um some of my picks obviously off the card. I've been haven't been doing that bad. I hit. Mike Evans' first touchdown Monday or whatever was that, Sunday night, plus 800. That was a nice hit. I literally had that typed up on the card as a fucking half-unit play, and I was like, I can't I can't start 0-3. Nah, nah. I was like, I can't start 0-3 and then just come at you with a first touchdown and expect this to get me out of here, and I would be I would have been up a unit. Yeah, that's crazy. Up on but, I had beating himself. What'd yeah, should have, would have, could have. Right, beating yourself. Yeah, I had a uh, dude. I thought I was six and two. I was like, "Oh, I'm up four units because on my <laughs> on my book I had under rece- receiving yards." And Ace was like, "Ah, dude, it's, it takes one big play." It takes, and I was like, "You're right." So uh, I took the under receptions. Obviously, it backfired. So I'm um, five and three up, up uh, right under two units. Yeah, you're sitting good. You had yeah, a not, yeah. you you got the Jerry Judy over on one play. One play, yeah. See, that's the play that Ace was talking about. Yep, Mackie, life is too short to bet the under, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. He took the under on Sunday night. That was a nice hit. Yeah, you uh, you live and die by it. So. Yeah. Yeah, you got, you you. If you're a Cowboys fan, you must know how bad they really are. Are you excited for Cooper Rush to come in? No, I already I. Genuinely already gave up on the season. I don't think we're going to do anything this year. I went over our schedule, and I think we start off the season 3-8. and eight, And then uh, at that point, I don't really think we can bounce back from it. Our schedule becomes a little tough. we got the Bengals this week, and then we have two divisional matchups. Then you go right into the Rams. So uh, what are we going to start, 1-4, and 1-5? And, and then it's, it's hard to bounce back from that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I thought you were going to be agreeing with Skip Bayless there. I think he said that Cooper Rush is just as good, if not better, than Dak Prescott. So Come on. Maybe Skip Bayless is a fucking idiot. I'm a big Dak yeah. fan, and I'm a Cowboys believer. I think that's a huge blow to the season as a whole. So we'll, we'll get into that later, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. But uh, we'll look into a couple of the big takeaways from week one. Obviously, uh, the first game of the season, Thursday night, uh, the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills went into L.A., into SoFi and defeated the defending Super Bowl champions 31-10. to 10. Uh, We obviously had the Rams on that one to start out the season 0-1. Um, tough pick. I think a lot of people were kind of questioning the, the rookie corners with the Bills. And, I mean, really, everyone should have been questioning, can the Rams defense handle Josh Allen? Because this dude's legit. Uh, a lot of people know that. It's not something I necessarily need to say. But seeing the price on his MVP odds drop right like that after a Thursday night game on week one when he was the only game to play the season so far um, just shows what the NFL wants. It, thinks this guy's capable of and that he definitely has the media on his side as he's kind of the NFL's next poster boy, him and Mahomes. I actually think some people are uh, finding Josh Allen a lot more likable than Mahomes now. Yeah, I mean, I'm still a Mahomes guy uh, every day of the week. But talking about that Rams-Bills game, I think there's a lot of underestimations by our team on that play. We really like that line for the defending champions at home. I think we're really high on Sean McVay, at least I am. Um, the one thing we underestimated was how injured Matthew Stafford was and how much that offseason injury affected his play coming into the year. You could tell that chemistry was off, especially when they were replacing pieces like Robert Woods, Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, they're trying receiving, to work. Their like receiving core looks all over the place. Yeah, I think once he gets in sync with Robinson, it might look a little bit better. But the surprise by Cam Akers being shelved and Daryl Henderson taking over the lead role, that's not a backfield committee to be proud of, I don't think. I think that they're one of the lower tandems in the league. Um, I don't know. I just expect a lot more out of a Sean McVay offense. What do you think, Mackie? Yeah, um, obviously we all took the line and we saw the spending champions at plus money at home. So I don't think it was a bad play to jump on it. I think it ended up biting us in the ass because, like I said, everybody underestimated Matt Stafford's injury. And he didn't – I don't think he played a snap in preseason. He goes out there, looks shaky from the start. He looked injured the entire game. He throws three interceptions. So – I don't know if this says more about the Rams right now or the or the Bills because Josh Allen literally did not make any mistakes. He might have made two mistakes the entire game. The guy was just on fire. He threw two interceptions. You can say that both of them were, were his receivers' fault, I think. But um, at the end of the day, he didn't throw two interceptions. But They didn't punt the ball the whole game. Dude, every single time he needed to make a play, he made the play. He did exactly what he needed to do. He needed 14 yards. He got 15. He, dude, he was out of his mind. I think he, he, he looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Lost my train of thought. I had a good point. Uh, I was thinking more back to Matt Staff, the Matt Stafford injury, actually. Um, I'm trying to figure out. We got the two of you, a Steelers and a Cowboys fan. I was reading a report earlier in the year coming into the season. They were like, is this the, the arm injury that ended – Ben Roethlisberger's career, or is this the arm injury that Dakota Prescott had and worked through it to continue being a elite quarterback? So that's something to monitor for the rest of the season, at least. If this, yeah. this is a downfall, and what do you think? He can play through it. What do you think it is? I think he's going to bounce back. I think that team and offense is too good. I think McVay will play to his strengths more. He knows what he's got. He's going to get more reps with that top offense. So I don't really think he's going to get to the elite talent that he once was. Like. Dak did, um, 
I don't think he's declining like Ben yet. I think he'll get stronger as the year goes on, but he's going to be playing through that injury all season, so it's it's not good. Yeah, I agree. Gotta, they need a run game. I don't they're, know. They gotta, I don't know what's going on there. McVeigh's scheme can make anybody good, but Akers is supposed to be good. I don't. I don't and that off the offensive line struggles that they've had. I mean, their offensive line they look like one of the I mean bottom half in the NFL for sure. Um, but Every, they had a retirement though, and they lost guys in free agency. No, they looked yeah. like they were just like on a Super Bowl hangover. To be honest, they didn't look ready to play at all. Yeah, that that Bills team. They were so hyped up coming in. You know what we should have seen coming? I think I sent this to Huff. Um, was the Isaiah McKenzie touchdown. Yeah. Doing a uh, gender reveal for his sister in the end zone. Like, how yeah. do we not know that's going on? That's a free line. Was, it wasn't was talked watching. about. That's why you got to do – got to do our research a little better. I was watching the game, and I, they zoomed in on him, and I saw – I could read his lips, and he was like, it's a boy. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I, I thought it was like when Josh Allen did the – or like when the guy's like, I'm a dog. Yeah. He comes over, it's a boy. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Yeah, I find out later on Twitter. I'm like, okay, that was a gender reveal. That makes a lot of sense. Huh? You know, what we gotta start doing with our guests. Stop going to my family members. Start going to Isaiah McKenzie's family members. Maybe someone else out there. I think uh, who's young? Who's who's in the NFL? Underrated star that has a good line on a touchdown. When's Jacoby Myers' uh, sister having a kid or something? <laughs> you gotta look into those things. Those things. Craziness. It's the kind of stuff we got to look into, and then obviously another one of the other crazy games you alluded to it. My Steelers coming into Cincinnati, getting a crazy win in overtime. Um, just a back and forth game. I don't know if you guys uh, were watching yeah. that game or seen most of the highlights of it, but yeah. Can I just? Uh, I know Huff, you obviously want to dive into this, but uh, can I just say, I don't know what this says about the Steelers, but how do you turn the ball over, or how do you force five turnovers and then? Go to ended a game. Ended a game like that. Like, how do you? The amount of chances that Joe Burrow had to win that football game is, is just insane. I mean, he went down with three minutes left and couldn't. He couldn't get in the end zone, correct? And then he got the ball right back with like a minute and a half left. Like, I, I, I feel like the Steelers were trying to give up that game. Their offense did not want to win that game, but that de- I, that defense has had a stellar performance. Uh, I don't know. I, you dive into it a little more, but Ace, you want to? I saw you were. Get looking like you wanted to jump in there for a second. Yeah, I figured I'd give my two cents before you really jump into it. But like I said, that had everybody on the edge of their seat. No matter who you're a fan of, you were watching that game in the 1 o'clock time slot, the witching hours, they like to call it, our boy Scott Hansen. Um, <laughs> they were dominating red zone, so you know that game's uh, in one. Definitely the game of the week, maybe front runner, early front runner for game of the year. But like Mackie was saying, uh, those, those stops by the Bengals – mediocre defense, I'd like to say, because I, I never think too highly of it. I know they have pieces that they've added from time to time. That's a mediocre defense. Definitely definitely mediocre defense. They, they shut down that Steelers offense. So I, the, the question I have for Huff is, obviously you're happy about this win, but are you nervous about what the offense showed you? Um, well, I th- I was going to say, yeah, that's kind of what I was going to get into. And this has been the kind of case with the Steelers team the past couple of years. And when we were talking about this uh, game last week, uh, Mackie even said, he goes, that defense scares me every time. I'll take the Steelers plus the six points here. Um, I don't know if you ended up betting it or not, but just to quote you from the podcast, and that's basically the definition of this game. If the offense is any bit of incon- any bit of consistent or we have a legitimate elite quarterback, this team could be Super Bowl contenders year in and year out with this defense. And obviously uh, the injury to TJ Watt. Now we don't know. 
uh, it's seeming like he tore a he tore a muscle compared to a ligament in his pec. So uh, basically, I found out there's a lot difference in the healing process with that, where the the tear in a muscle is he's going to be out like a month, uh, like maybe six weeks max, four to six weeks is kind of what I've been hearing. Could be a little more, um, but classic the, injury. Uh, yeah, just a classic. You, you know what I mean? He's walking off the field. He already knows the season's over, or mostly. Is it TJ or TJ, I get him mixed up. <laughs> Dude, the, this what's I mean, TJ just got the. I mean, he just got the contract, and like a lot of people were saying this in Pittsburgh. It's like you give him that big money, and he, you know what I mean? He goes out, he goes down for the year. You know, is that, is that, is he going to be the same guy ever again? But I mean, we've seen it once and before in the NFL. Yeah, it's a business, but when you get a talent like TJ Watt on your team and he's up for, you know what I mean, a blank check, you give it to him to keep him around and keep asses in the seats and selling jerseys. And for this reason, that he has a sack, six tackles on Sunday, and he didn't even really play the whole game, not most of over. I think he was didn't even play in overtime. Uh, and then another guy on the defense, Minka, just a hell of a game, 14 tackles, 10 solo tackles, a pick, return for a touchdown, like, the defense came to play, but the offense needs to be more consistent. Trubisky, I think, another week in the system with Tomlin. Um, I think Tomlin's one of the top, you know what I mean, three head coaches in the NFL. Ben so I think I think another one that, another one of those guys that will get the job done with his team, a young team, uh, get consistency from the offensive line. Najee Harris showed a, a little bit of a injury re-aggravating that foot, but um, people are saying he's going to be okay to go against New England this Sunday. So. Um, I think I think we see better things out of the offense. I do think that you'll see your growing pains with this young team, but um, as long as the defense is doing that, I mean, I like our chances. Yeah, I don't know if I just messaged you, Huff. I mean, if you saw the clip of Mike Tomlin giving out the black Air Force ones in the locker room, if I knew about that, I would have hammered some Steelers money line. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I do. There were so many people. All the. Uh, Pittsburgh like sports radio people were like, stop buying tennis shoes and go buy a left tackle. And this was before the game. And then after the game, they're like, yeah, it's a great game by the Steelers. It's like, dude, you were the one bitching about the fucking tennis shoes an hour ago. And now because the Steelers covered plus six, all of a sudden you're in a good mood. Mike Tomlin's a player's coach. He knows how to get the best out of everyone. Yeah. And it's just like how league wide he's respected. Like he was on McAfee the other day and they're like AJ Hawks, like freaking out. Like they're all like, I never realized like he has this like a lot a of cool players like too. him. Yeah, he is like he definitely like down to earth, dude. It seems like he's not as an act like I mean like just to compare Belichick. Like he's, I mean, I've never talked to the guy or seen him away from the field. Like I've seen him smile, but like he seems like a pretty reserved dude. That you know what I mean. Once you work for him, you'll see a different side of him. But yeah, no, I'd agree with that statement. But they both have one thing in common: their dedication to winning. They'll exactly. Do whatever it takes to win a football game, and you have find their own your uh, whatever works for you. Yeah, they have their own formulas, but they know how to get the best out of their team. Those guys just build their defenses. That's why that that matchup this week is so exciting. Two ugly offenses, young ugly offenses, with uh, stellar defenses. So I'm eager to see how that Spe- one plays out. Speaking of the page, speaking of Bill Belichick, let's get into your Patriots in Miami. What happened down there? Uh, a little bit classic of re- AFC South hangover. I bet you they were hanging out on South Beach too long. I can tell you the refs were after that non-pass interference call on the first drive. Changed the whole complexion <laughs> of the game. Uh, the biggest takeaway uh, from that game, besides uh, us going 0-1, which was expected by almost everybody, I think even New England, even Bill himself expects to lose that game. If you saw, they changed their routine. They never do that for anything to the Patriots, right? But they've been losing so often in Miami that he 
Kentucky changed where they stay in a little bit more north of Miami, and they went down two days earlier in the week just to try and figure it out, and they still couldn't. Tua Tagovailoa four and zero against the Patriots. So, I mean, that's the team you don't want to see on your schedule if you're New England. Didn't yeah, you taste the Patriots last week? No. You didn't. You didn't. I said I wasn't going to touch the game. No, when we were talking about it, didn't you say the Patriots are going to win? Yeah, I said I'm not touching the game. Yeah. You can go. go yeah. Back, um, go back and look at well, it. No, yeah, but you definitely gave us. Like, you definitely said your side. You said everyone in New England was expecting a loss here. And yeah. I think you were expecting a win. But uh, yeah, if anything, <laughs> I would just say definitely not expecting. I just like I just like how quick you rolled in it. You were like you were definitely. <laughs> But <laughs> no, I put it this way. I, at least I was more confident in my Patriots than you were the Cowboys. I'll be, I'll be honest. All right, all right. At least you I'll be honest. I had the, I, you, you want to be she honest? You got one touchdown. You got zero. Yeah, we played the Bucks. You guys played the fucking Dolphins. Yeah, but we have nobody on offense. You have everybody. Yeah. If, yeah, if, Zeke, if Zeke Elliott in his Power Rangers helmet. <laughs> My brother liked those. I can't believe it. Those things are strange. That's brutal. Yeah, but uh, other than that pass interference, which was pretty blatant, if you ask me, um, I don't know. That offense seemed really weak the entire game. He only put up one touchdown. Mac Jones didn't look his best. He didn't look bad. He still was comfortable in the pocket. But um, I, I don't know. They couldn't get anything going. And that Dolphins defense is nothing really special. I mean, it's definitely not like one of the worst defenses in the league. But I don't know. I feel like a team – I'm. Like you said, Patriots never play well in Miami, and it's been a trend for a really long time to a four and zero against them. But uh, you know, Bill Belichick team didn't. I thought they would uh, put up a, a little bit of a better performance in this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take three points from that game. Like I said, expected to lose that game. Um, you know, the Dolphins on that streak. If you were not a Patriots fan and you didn't bet on that game, then you're stupid. Bias. I can't bet against my boys. But at the same time, take away a few things. The Patriots normally control the trenches. I've talked about that on podcasts every time I've been on. That's the most important part of the football game. And the Patriots' old line was their weakest part of their team. Losing guys in free agency and injuries don't help. But a one strong part being lost is huge. Uh, that Dolphins team showed a lot. The one thing I did notice, though, their team, their coach, I like McDaniels a lot. I like their skill players. Tua Tagovailoa is not him. I don't know. Not a fan of him. He's going to hold them back. But uh, last thing I had to think about, Patriots, Mac Jones, hope he's okay. He went down, took the MRI on his back. So even if he's playing this week against the Steelers, he's going to be banged up. Yeah, I don't think Tua is that guy either. I agree with you on that. Literally, play one of his fucking season. He has Tyreek Hill wide open. He throws it into the middle of the That, was, that was play one? Yeah. First pass. No. That was First bad. Yep. Tyreek talking all that shit about how two is just as good as Mahomes too. Tyreek thirteen targets though. Mahomes makes that throw backwards with his eyes. Literally closed. behind his back, he's making yeah. that throw behind his back. But Tua didn't turn the ball over too much, so I guess Tua turned the ball over. We didn't see that too much. If so. he play, if he plays in that system, McDaniel has shown that he's going to be a pretty good coach. He's going to take his shots going for it on what was it fourth and six. Uh, the 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 play seven. that Tyreek yeah. gave the Fourth quote where seven, he said McDaniel, he said the I'm Mc, uh, the quote from Tyreek Hill where he said uh, McDaniel's gonna need a, a wheelbarrow to walk around with his nuts or something. <laughs> After <Yeah. that> play, <laughs> I was dying whenever he said that, and they played that clip on ESPN. But um, yeah, I think I think this Dolphins team is a little better 
uh, than I expected at least. Uh, but like you said, Ace, not too much. Uh, like they're not going to be world beaters. I think they're going to be sitting right around, you know, uh, nine, eight, ten wins, somewhere in there. I think they'll have their losses. They'll get beat. That team is definitely not unbeatable. Uh, I think you'll have your games where two, uh, you know, three picks, one pick six, and it's over before you even reala- realize it. But a um, couple of the other uh, games that we, you know, we bet on personally team-wise, we had the Ravens uh, in New York. Started out slow. Look, yeah, started out slow looking like uh, maybe a Jets. We're going to maybe backdoor cover. I don't think at any point Ravens' money line was in question. Um, but once uh, the Ravens jumped out to, I think it was a 9-3 lead, uh, and they had the ball, I said, they get points here, this thing's over. Um, yeah, well, once that once that Jets defense showed its true colors, they gave up a few big plays for touchdowns. I think Duvernay and Bateman combined for five or six ca- six catches on the day, but three three touchdowns of the six catches. So. And what's crazy is if they had a legit receiver that wasn't Bateman or Devin Duvernay, it's like the things that team could do, it's just like that's their weak point every single year, and – um, but we had the or we had the Ravens minus six, uh, come out with a win on that one. Couple of the other big takeaways: we, uh, me, Mackie, and Jesse all riding uh, the Carolina Panthers at home against uh, Baker Mayfield's rematch against his old team, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Browns ended up winning off a, a Cade York, I think it was a fifty-eight yard field goal. Uh, as time expired, a, cra- a crazy final two minutes of that game. At certain points, it looked like the Panthers were out of it. Baker throws a 75-yard bomb to Robbie Anderson. Touchdown, down three. Panthers take the lead on a field goal. Uh, left left Brissett in the Browns a little too much time as Cade York hits one, his first game winner in the NFL. Um, that kid definitely is going to be promising. And now making his case that the AFC North is just loaded with kickers. Yeah, Cade York was feeling dangerous, I think, on that kick. He woke up feeling dangerous. Yeah. That, that running back tandem, though, want to touch on it real quick. Chubb, Hunt, don't underrate them, especially without Watson or Mayfield to turn the ball over. You can hammer those running backs all game long. Stefanski did it, and it paid dividends. That's a top running back tandem in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say so, definitely, but I don't know about this Browns team. I mean, this, this Panthers team almost came back and beat them with an awful start that they had. Baker was just very uncomfortable in the first half of this game, feeling like feeling out a new team feeling out a new coach, and he knew that that defense knew exactly how he played. So once he got it under control, I mean, their offense looked fine, and I think they had this game on – they definitely controlled the second half of this game, and I think if they play this game three weeks from now, Panthers win this game, definitely. Yeah, yeah I think, like Browns I said with the Panthers. Steelers, I, I think you'll see some growing pains with Baker in the in the Carolina offense. I do think you'll see success there. I don't know if it's necessarily playoffs this year and a not necessarily deep NFC. I do think they could maybe secure a wild card spot, but um, it's gonna they're gonna have to make their leaps and bounds as an offense. Uh, the defense has shown they can make plays, but I mean they need consistency with uh, Matt Rule and the play calling and things like that. They just need Baker to feel comfortable in Carolina. So, alrighty, another game we're gonna get into is Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs visiting Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Chiefs come out on top. 44-21 in a shootout. Uh, me and you were all over that over. I ended up not actually betting it, but last week on the pod, I said that was my favorite play for this game. I thought I was going to see a lot of points. Uh, the over-under was sitting at 53.5. It was a higher one, but uh, like we said, that's going to be one of the ones a lot of people were scared to take, but you see it get cleared by 10 points and cash. So um, 
Mahomes, Kyler, not ever scared to really put up the points. Mahomes looked amazing in this game, if you ask me. Yeah, I'm I'm high on Mahomes, uh, high on Mahomes and Jackson this year. But Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I feel like he's getting the Brady treatment kind of, where he's so good that everybody's like, oh, he's not that good anymore. Next year is going to be a bad year, but he's just going to keep excelling year in and year out. Doesn't matter. His targets are actually a lot better than people give them credit for too. I like Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, he had the fumble, but he looked great out there. And obviously Travis Kelsey, that's where you make the money. I said that to everybody all week. Over six and a half catches for Kelsey and a touchdown. He cashed those both very early. Um, yeah, we um, had that 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 touchdown parlay I sent you too. Those both Jettas and Kelsey, dude, those yeah. both could have been first. Imagine we would have parlayed two first. That would have been crazy. We played it safe because we knew they were going to score. We just didn't yeah. know when. But those the, guys, the odds were crazy for both of them at any time. Plus three hundred. Yeah, the, the thing is, it's, it's the first week of the uh, season, so the lines aren't as good as they should be. Yeah. But um, good for us to capitalize on. Yeah, Travis Kelsey gets force-fed the ball, though. We know that. He's the best tight end in the NFL. Six and a half catches, he does that in his sleep. Come on, now. I actually think he had that in, like, the first quarter, maybe early second. Yeah, the scary thing was the Cardinals kind of lulled on offense, so his receiving slowed down in the second half, but he had five catches in the first half. That's what I thought. I knew he was really close to it. Obviously, I had the Cardinals in the second leg of my fucking teaser. Um couldn't cover 10 points for me. It looked like late they were going to make a little bit of a push, but I uh, just couldn't get enough love from the Cardinals uh, from my card for the teaser. But, um, yeah, like you said, uh, I think it was you that said the Chiefs look like the 2018-2019 the Chiefs. Of the, the, is that the year they won the Super Bowl? I believe it is. Yeah, that. I mean, it's game one, so let's not – it's the week – I meant to say it's the beginning. It's, it's the, the week, week of overreaction. Right? Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes looked exactly like his MVP self of 2018-2019 or maybe 2019-2020 when he won that MVP and they went on to win the Super Bowl. I mean, with Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you got Hardman, then you have a lot of depth there with Sky Moore. You got Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the league. He has so many toys, it's ridiculous. A plethora of running backs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think, punched in two or three times. So it was good to see. He He had a really good game. Anybody can play well with Patrick Mahomes, though. Best player, yeah, so best player. Definitely think, definitely think that's a team that, uh, for good reason, that we certainly haven't been looking over. But I definitely think a lot of people are sleeping on the Chiefs this year with how high everyone is on Buffalo. I think we could see a very similar situation we saw last year with Chiefs Bills. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if Chiefs come out on top again. I think Pat has his number, um, but we'll have to see later on down the road. Definitely looks like the Bills have the. Just as good of a team, so I mean, easier said than done to get that matchup in the playoffs. But that's definitely something I think most people are rooting for. Uh, we'll have to see what the Chief, if the Chiefs can keep it up in this uh, highly, the highly packed AFC West and AFC Conference. So, um, speaking of the AFC West, we had the Las Vegas Raiders, the debut of this new team with Devontae Adams and the boys uh, visiting Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Chargers come out on top in this one, uh, 24-19, covering a three-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, Jesse was on the Raiders here, plus three-and-a-half. I saw a lot of people were on the Raiders. Um, a lot of um, just different people on Twitter, kind of a lot of picks given out, but I didn't see too many people with faith in the, faith in the Chargers here. and uh, Didn't really look too commanding, but uh, the Chargers, uh, at no point I think that three-and-a-half was in question. I think they were leading by four points since the since the beginning of the game. Yeah, I think the the problem we saw from that car offense is there's a problem that a lot of good teams had throughout the league this week that when they were struggling, it's uh, red zone goal line issues. 
the, early in the game, they were stalling out in the red zone. They had that Devontae Adams catch and run. A lot of people with Devontae Adams touchdown parlays. I know I had Jefferson, Kelsey, and uh, Adams, 20 to win 130. That's that's great odds. But um, Adams to get in, like we said, the first two cashed on the first play of the game, first drive of the game. Adams, first drive of the game, same thing. It's tackled inside the three, and they walk away with three points there. Um, a lot of that going on in the first half. Looked like they put it together a little bit in the second half. Adams still eight, but the Chargers, I think they were in L.A., right? Yeah, so yeah. far. Chargers and Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, dark horse. Not even a dark horse, but MVP candidate. Um, I mean, I was high on Derek Carr. I think they'll bounce back. I mean, new coach. New coach week one is a tough thing. That that Chargers team has so many pieces on both sides of the ball. It was a good game either way. Both teams could have won. Eager to see the next matchup. I don't know when that falls on the schedule, but that will be a great game. Every AFC West game will be. But, uh, yeah, Chargers proven that they're a legitimate contender this year, I think. Yeah, I think uh, good things are coming from the Chargers. A lot of people high on them. Um, while you were talking there, I wanted to cut you off. But the speaking of over week of overreactions, I have ESPN on in the background. And the bottom of the screen just said, is Patrick Mahomes better without Tyreek Hill? <laughs> yeah, like, what even is that? Like, Patrick Mahomes is good no matter what, but he's probably better with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, like... Oh my god! Yeah, there it is again. They're they're all over. It's next. I can't wait to hear this. It's not like he left because they didn't want him. Same thing with Devonte Adams on the Packers. Yeah, they're like, acting like all these guys like their team didn't want them. It's like they can't pay him. Russ. Same thing with Russ. It's like they didn't write the check. It's that simple. And they didn't want to write the check. They were smart enough to trade him before the he Chiefs walked away. The nothing. Chiefs couldn't write the check. That's the thing. Yeah. I think but, that's why everybody was so low on the Chiefs coming into the year, not to touch back on that game too much. But that defense scared so many people. Um, I think yeah, they, with, were, they were – they're not worried about Mahomes, but the defense was worried about – with nobody on it. But they showed up. The, Chris Jones had a great game. I was going to say, and that's kind of exactly what me and you said with the – I believe it was the Week Zero episode when we were talking about the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. I mean, Mahomes is going to put up the points. It's the defense. If they let up twenty four points, he's still got to keep up with Mahomes. You know what I mean? He's still the but like you said, the best quarterback, if not top two in the NFL. Best player. In he the puts NFL, up. Yeah, it's like he's putting up thirty points a week. Definitely, definitely. He might have to. Him and the Chiefs, uh, tough schedule, but they might have to go into that Ravens category of always covers. Knock on wood. But. Yeah, we'll get in uh, the Sunday night game. We had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World. The Bucks come out on top 19-3. to uh, Pretty much of a dud of a Sunday night football game, if you ask me. Not much to see from the Cowboys. It looked like they were kind of in it in the beginning. Um, I waited a long time to get my first touchdown. Came in the third quarter from uh, Mike Evans, but better late than never. Crazy game um, from a scoring standpoint. Mackey had the under. A great game to have the under. Dallas doesn't even score a touchdown. Um, even in a game like Tampa Bay only scores one and then just a bunch of field goals. Like, it was a crazy game, I mean, from a scoring standpoint. Like, that's an under better's dream. Yeah, like, that, that was a Brady orchestrated W. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, that's, that's one thing when you bet the under on Tom Brady. Yeah, he can pop off and drop touchdowns to as many a target. Great to see Julio Jones, by the way, looked awesome. Yeah, he, looked, he did look really good, just to touch on that really quick. He, he re-energized to play the game. He looks like he wants to be there. Yeah, you know what's nice, too, is the way that the Bucks were scheming him the ball. I like that. A lot of teams are stealing Shanahan's uh, 
play calling style of putting your getting the ball in your top players' hands. We saw it with Claypool. You saw it with Julio Jones here too. They're just scheming the ball into their hands and seeing what they can do with it. It works out pretty well. You get good athletes moving that fast to the side of the field. It's tough to cover. But um, yeah. like going back to the under point, um, the way Brady plays offense, he plays a game to win, right? He doesn't care what his stats are at the end of the day. Obviously, he doesn't want to throw picks, but he just wants to win the game. So the running game was killing that game. Leonard Fournette, eight, over 100 yards. I know that offensive line had a lot of question marks, but they still controlled the game. Uh, Michael Parsons did get his, but the Bucks controlled the tempo, and like Brady always does, he suffocates you to death. I yeah, think. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good recap of being basically like you said. Really, at no point did I think uh, Cowboys. I thought that two-and-a-half point spread, if anything, really? last year the Bucks were an eight-point favorite week one against the Cowboys, one by two. This year they were a two-point favorite and blow them out in the 17- or 16-point win. So um, Bucks come out on top. Brady, all the people calling him out saying he wasn't ready. Um he was ready. The defense was ready. Uh, Tampa Bay looks legit, in my opinion. So um, definitely a team to look out for. I mean, most people were looking out for them in the NFC, but um, definitely a team that you're going to want to respect. Go ahead. The sketchy thing is we, we were all excited to see Chris Godwin come in and play, but then he leaves the game with a different injury, and now he's questionable again this week. He's, he's one of the more prolific receivers in the NFL, pretty underrated as he's hidden in the shadow of Mike Evans. As I say, uh, this is a good – I'm going to say it now. Actually, we never talk about it. Huff, real quick, let me just hear your uh, top seven wide receivers off the rip. Let's hear it. Devontae, Cup. Uh, it's tough to put them in order when you get down this far. Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, maybe I feel like I'm, there's a couple dudes. Three more. Let's like, hear it. Just spit them. Uh, Debo, um, I'm trying. I know. I know. There's like three people I'm forgetting. Oh yeah, last two though. I'll, I'll rattle mine off. I have this conversation often with my buddies. I know who am I fucking forgetting? Right, I'll go with mine quick. You ready? Go. In order, I got Cup, Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devonte Adams, uh, Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins. Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs. I was three. I was forgetting Diggs. I was definitely forgetting Diggs, and I was definitely forgetting Tyreek Hill. Um, you was the other one you had in there, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Chase seven. Him, him and Justin Jefferson, I think, are making that leap this season to be the that top receiver. I'll take I'll take Jefferson over Jamar Chase. Yeah, that's why I'm saying Cup, Jefferson, Chase, Adams, because Adams is on a decline. Those two are on the come up. Yeah. Um, and then right after that, I'd put I'd put Diggs after Adams. Then I go Hopkins, Hill, Evans. Yeah, give me that. Yeah, Evans is elite. I like Evans. But he's like right there. That's what I'm saying though. Chris Godwin being injured is a lot more important than people think. He slots in probably around 15 to 20 in wide receivers in the NFL. But where's he's DK not, Metcalf coming to that conversation? Probably like 12 around Debo. He's with Debo, him, uh, a few AJ other guys. AJ Brown, too. Terry McLaurin. Yeah, Keenan Allen. Yeah, Mike Williams, just that second-tier receiver. Mike Williams didn't even play this week, really. I don't know what happened. Yeah, he had like one catch for three yards. Oh, we didn't even touch on that in the Chargers game, the Keenan Allen injury. Yeah. And, yeah, their receiver's just going non-existent, and they won. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But back to the Bucs, going to be tough to see what's what's wrong with Godwin, but you love to see playoff Lenny eating early on in the season. Love to see Brady roll, and the Goat still doing his thing at 
40 whatever years of age. I love the quotes they have. Tom, after the game, they're like, Tom, you're the oldest player in the NFL. How does it feel? He's like, I've been the oldest guy for a while. So Yeah, you have to, old, please old. stop asking me this question. I've been the oldest guy for five years. Literally, it's the same old thing every year. We, you can't write him off, but I think everybody is starting to accept how good he is. They come to terms with Tom Brady, Tampa Brady, Tampa Brady. That's the guy, Tampa Tom. There it is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're still them. And two and a half is a very generous line. I'm gonna, You're going to see a lot of those lines bump up now. The Dak injury, crucial, though. Crucial blow to the Cowboys. His yeah, lack of then, weapons was also terrible. Michael Gallup on the injury report. Jalen Tolbert not even playing snaps. So he was throwing to CeeDee Lamb and Schultz all game on the inside. And then your outside receivers are Noah Brown, somebody else. Noah Brown, that's not a name you want to be hearing often. So they'll, yeah. they'll be elated to get Gallup back in a week or two. But without Dak, that, I don't know that, how far this team goes. I was going to say, without Dak, that team's going to be it's going to be shaky. Yeah. And then Monday night, Russ, the return, loses to Seattle. What do you think of that? I think their coach is an idiot. Everybody thinks so. But he'll, he'll have time. He's a long season to redeem himself. So I'd like to see how he fares in these divisional games. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, basically, what I said with all these new offenses, I just think it's like he'll figure it out. And the, with the new head coach, whole thing, go figure it out. It's Russell Wilson. Um, just kind of the the lights couldn't so, have been brighter for him week one. More so a great performance, a great home performance by Geno and the Seattle Seahawks. That yeah. defense is up. The stadium was rocking. Uh, also, that's a it's one of the hardest places to play in the NFL. Like, yeah, it's the first time in his career Russell Wilson got to play in front of the twelfth man, but they're cheering at him in the huddle. But he didn't seem phased by it. I think the play calling in the red zone, we were all in agreement, was terrible. Yeah, you got to hold on to the ball if you're Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Everybody like you, Huff, with that Javante Williams plus one ten anytime touchdown ticket sitting there had to have been kicking themselves all night long as he's all around the goal line and can't find the back of the end zone. The biggest torture was I was like, all right, Melvin Gordon just fumbled. I know they're going to Javante next. And then he comes in and does the same thing. Yeah. I think that was an awful play call, though. You have it, even if it's third down, you have the ball on the half yard line, right? And you're coming out three wide receiver bunch in an offset tight end, and you're running it out of the shotgun. Every other team in the league, every good team in the league comes out heavy set there. Maybe one receiver to, to throw off that defense a little bit. But you're running it right under center. You're hammering it right up the middle. Maybe throw a fullback out there. You're getting big guys out there. You're just pushing a half. I was going to say, put, where's put the Randy Gregory in it fullback? Like, yeah, Russ, you're, you're acting like you're a statue. Jump the pile. It. I don't know if you noticed this, too. My favorite, Russell Wilson, what's he best at? Um, people who play the video game know this one. If you're a Madden guy. Plays. Russ rolling out, throwing on the run, right? Yep. He didn't break that out really until the, to the third or fourth quarter when it was uh, – must win time, but still a lot of drops by the tight ends in the end zone. Uh, Noah Fant probably having a field day on the sidelines for the Seahawks watching that happen, but perfectly placed balls by Wilson that couldn't be reeled in for six. Ended up costing him big time. Then we all know what happened with the decision at the end of the game. Yeah, I don't. there's not too much to say about that one. I mean, even Hackett said, to, I think yesterday, he said if he had to do it over again, he would have went for it. If you don't know what we're referring to, go look at the uh, – Monday Night Football clip, uh, the Peyton and Eli clip, talking about the yeah. time management. Yeah. They, they get the Go look at Peyton Manning sitting there going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson, too. I'm going to put some blame on you. You're a veteran quarterback, and you don't call a timeout. You have three on the clock. 
do something. That's where that's where Russell Wilson needs to call a timeout and be like, listen, you're a rookie head coach. I've been here for 10 years. We're going for this. Yeah. I'm surprised Russell Wilson. I thought he had that dog in him. I guess not. Future might be right. <laughs> you, you know you know they were playing some future in the locker room after that game in Seattle. Oh, my God. That's the number one torture thing for him. That's just everyone that beats him. That's what they do. Yeah, but you, you love to go straight to like 56 after. nights. You know, you love to see, though, after the game, DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson with the jersey swap. That was an elite tandem. So good to see those yeah. two on friendly terms. Yeah, but like you said, I think I, I, I think we'll see a lot more from this Denver team. So I'm not yeah, that, I wish, boy. wish we had a better game. Wish that uh, Bengals Steelers game was a Monday night game. Wouldn't mind that in the prime time. But, that would have uh, been a crazy primetime game if that Steelers-Bengals would have happened on, like, Monday. Imagine if that was a Thursday night football game. People would have just been making fun of Thursday night football, though. Yeah, probably uh, probably going to see that game flex to a primetime if their next matchup already isn't in one. I, th- it, I think it is. We usually play the Bengals on a Monday night. Alrighty, it is time. We're going to get into the week two segment of this week. Take a look at all the games that are coming up this uh, upcoming week. It's going to start up this Thursday, Thursday night football, the first Amazon game of the year. Uh, They're going to get the L.A. Chargers visiting uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs coming in as a minus four and a half point favorite, a minus 210 money line, and the over-under sitting at 53 and a half. Um, Mackie, what are you thinking here? Thursday night football. Yeah, uh, this is a game that I've been looking at for a very long time, and I don't know. I, I I can't bet against Pat Mahomes here after what he did last week. He looked like prime time 2018, 2019 Pat Mahomes that um that won MVP that year. So I don't know. I, I like the Chiefs. I the four points scare me. What are they? Minus two hundred money line? Two ten on FanDuel. I don't know. It's a little it's a little steep for a money line too, so I like and the like, over here. I was going to say it's going to be a high-scoring game. So I was looking at the fifty-three and a half point over. I think it's sitting at minus one fifteen. You might see that jump to fifty-four. But um, Ace, you, you leaning it either side here? I'm liking the over. I'm not. I mean, I guess if I were to pick a side, I'm going to lean Chiefs. But like Mackie said, I think I was talking to you guys about this earlier. I looked at this line whenever it started. It was minus three, and I was like, I love the Chiefs at minus three at home. And then now I look at it, it's minus four and a half. So we see the kind of line movement that it's getting. Um, just I'm liking the over, like you said. I liked it last week in Arizona. I like it this week for Kansas City uh, Chargers. One more thing is um, I think we do see a Chargers cover here. I think it's within four points, whether, whether whatever team wins. I think it's a really close game. Yeah, Mac, you, you kind of alluded to the point that I was going to make. I actually really think there's a lot of value with the Chargers at plus 170 here. Even though I'm heavy on the on the Chiefs, I was talking about it earlier with Patrick Mahomes looking like that MVP front runner like he did in 2019. Um, I think there's too much value on that Chargers money line. Uh, with so much talent, if you look at the roster front to back, uh, the Chargers are the most complete team in the division almost. Uh, they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball a well-put-together team that can attack through the air and on the ground. Eckler didn't have a great week last week. I know Keenan Allen's down, but the depth on the offensive side of the ball is deep. I don't know who I'd take money line or spread in this game because divisional games, they play slow, they play tight, keep it to the close to the vest. But I'd definitely be looking at a lot of props. I know this game, I don't know what Kelsey's line's sitting at right now. I'm guessing he's going to sit around 6.5 or 7.5 catches. I'm going to hammer Travis Kelsey at home. 
in the kingdom. Uh, he delivers every week. I don't know why I would hop off the train now. Seven and a half that? is crazy, dude. But, like, I think he'll get it, but that, that's a crazy line. Over yeah, under, I mean, over under under six six last and week. And what is it? What's that seven and a half line? It might be plus, right? What's over six, a, and, what's a half six on, and a half. My over six and a half is minus one thirty-six. Yeah, that's what I'd probably put. Also, I'd look at a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. That, minus one forty-five. Yeah, that, that'd be another bet. Last week, Travis minus Kelsey plus one forty-five. Minus. Last week, he came in with eight catches for 121 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he absolutely balled out last week. He's Patrick Mahomes' security blanket. In a game that looks to be tight in a shootout with both sides of the ball putting up points, and that those good corners on the outside for the Chargers. They just brought in J.C. Jackson. I know they have Derwin James, and they have the pass rushers that contain Mahomes, but I think you're going to see a lot of passes over the middle of Travis Kelsey. We've seen him. Do that before, if you remember, against the Bucks in the Super Bowl, they had a similar defense build. Um, I'd be looking at the Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes props because you know they're going to be sitting back to throw. Mackey. Yeah, and this is a game that we're going to see see uh, both quarterbacks play it a little more safe because uh, uh, it's a divisional matchup. Like you said, you're going to put you're going to only do your best plays and like do what you do what you trust. And um, we saw awesome, Juju man. fumble last week, so. Definitely Kelsey with the receptions. I think it'll be up there. I think he'll get there. Yeah, I'm de- I'm definitely looking at this over. I don't really love either side with the points. I think if I was forced to take the four and a half, I'm definitely leaning with the Chargers. I think it's a field goal game either way. Um, but I do like the the high scoring. I th- I'll take the over fifty three and a half. Um, but other than that, like you said, couple props I'd be looking at. I do like that Kelsey sitting at six and a half. Uh, the touchdown a little steep. I feel like you could shop that and find a little better odds on that other than minus 145. Um, but I'm not saying you're going to get it at plus money, but definitely going to be maybe minus 120 somewhere, but a little better than my, the minus 145 where I'm looking at right now. But It's going yeah. to be interesting to see who steps up on the Chargers side of the football. With Keenan Allen down and a light workload for Mike Williams last week, I wonder if it's DeAndre Carter or Josh Palmer that a lot of people have talked about. Yeah, so. that's what that's kind of what's keeping me away from taking the Chargers spread with this point or at this particular moment. I guess with all the injuries that they had last week, with like you said, Keenan Allen. Um, yeah, real quick, off, Mark. Go ahead. What, do you have the lines for the uh, Austin Eckler receiving props? Um, just off the rip, is anytime touchdowns minus one thirty-five, receiving props thirty-nine and a half yards, and. Let me see receptions here. Give me one second. I bet you it's in that four and a half. Four and a half over is minus one thirty-six. Yeah, that that's another thing I'd like to look at with the Travis Kelsey uh, prop. Another security blanket for Justin Herbert, a budding star in the league, who's like had a lot of chemistry with Eckler over past years, and his usage was down last week. So I think they get him the ball more this week. I was gonna say, especially with with uh, Keenan Allen out this week. Short week uh, against the say, Chiefs. A tough have short a... week for the for the Chargers with these injuries. Yeah, against the Chiefs, Puff. they're going to be playing catch up all day. Puff, Kelsey's minus one fifty on DraftKings. Damn, so that's probably sitting right around there most places. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get under one forty five. Maybe like MGM or something. Yeah, maybe minus one forty is probably the best you're going to find. Yeah. Austin Eckler's minus one forty on DraftKings. What's he on? So there's there's both steeper, 
They're minus 135 and minus 145 on here. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's going to do it for me on the Thursday night game. You guys ready to get in these 1 o'clock games on Sunday? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's get the Sunday slate going. All righty. First game on Sunday, we're going to have Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders heading to Detroit to visit Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Lions coming in at a minus 1.5 point favorite, a minus 126 money line, uh, and the over-under sitting at 48.5. Ace, I'll hand things off to you for Lions Commanders. Yeah, pretty pretty interesting game to look at here. Uh, two NFC teams that are looking to bounce back after a tough 2022 run, 2021-2022 run. Um, last week, the uh, Commanders had a nice win over the Jaguars. A little come-from-behind victory, even though they were up most of the game. Uh, Carson Wentz had to toss the rock, the pigskin around to our different receivers. He had Dotson, Curtis Samuel having big days, um, not Terry McLaurin, so that's pretty interesting to look at. I like, I like the, how they the, used Dotson last week. I'm a big yeah, fan I like, of theirs. I like the Commander's money line this week. Um, I know that the Lions are a feisty group. They're tough. They're going to play in every game. But I don't think it's this week against the Commanders. How to go? Yeah, go ahead. Use yeah, the hand um, thing. We just got to use the hand uh, thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I never yeah, really yeah, use yeah. it. We just got to use the hand thing. Yeah, I didn't really watch much of either of these two games last week between the Lions and Eagles and then the Commanders and the uh, Jaguars. But Carson Wentz's stats look really well. He, he seems to be um, doing what he needs to get done here. And this is another weak opponent where you got Dan Campbell's Lions here, who's obviously a feisty group they've been since last year. But this is another time where they just fall a little short, as they did it last week against the Eagles. Feels like a little throwback here with uh, Jared Goff versus Carson Wentz, but they're on different teams this time around. Two once prolific quarterbacks, a Super Bowl, a Super know, Bowl contender. Yeah, Wentz taught. Wentz was Wentz played last week. He had a good. No, week. I'm saying like, is he like, is he back? Oh yeah, like back I think what Carson Wentz is back. He's got good weapons. I like that's a that's a good trio. Samuel McLaurin and uh, Dotson better than most people's trio. I do like. Yeah, I'm with you, um, Mackie. Who did you say you liked? I like the, I like the Commanders to win this game. I I think the yeah, NFC East has three two and zero teams after next week, which is hilarious to say. But I agree. Yeah, and none of them are the Cowboys. I'm I'm with both of you. I do like I do like Washington in this game. I don't love necessarily the total. If anything, I'd definitely go under. I think Detroit might struggle, but tough tough situation. But I'm leaning Commanders probably won't really have a play on this game, but. Commander sitting at plus one hundred eight money line on Fanduel, so uh, get some plus money there. What's the uh, what's the what's the total line there? Forty eight and a half. That's pretty low. There's that's a that's a nice uh, running back duo in Detroit, and those high targets and from Washington. I don't know could could get tight down the stretch, but yeah, that's the kind of game I'm just staying away from. Yeah, for sure. Tough matchup between the low teams. Yeah. Next game, we have Zach, or not even Zach Wilson. I was getting ready to say Zach Wilson. Joe Flacco and the New York Jets uh, heading into Cleveland to visit the Cleveland Browns. Browns coming in as a six-and-a-half-point favorite, a minus 290 money line, and the over-under sitting at a low 40-and-a-half. This is a weird line, in my opinion. 
Browns looked good last week. They got off to a quick start against the Panthers, and uh, at the at the end of the day, they held on to a, to a two point win, hitting a fifty eight yard field goal. But I don't know this Jets team. Just like you can you can't have any faith in them. Offense looks bad. The defense looks bad. Joe Flacco is like forty five years old at this point. I don't. They don't really have much going for them, especially being on the road here. This Browns team, led by Jacoby Brissett, looks pretty good. So. I like them with the points here, minus six and a half. Yeah, that's crazy to say that about the Jets. I was uh, going to say something pretty similar. I mean, when the Jets look at their calendar year in and year out, they don't have many games that they say we can win. And I think this is one of them. I think we saw this lot, this matchup a year or two ago when the Browns really had some steam going and uh, the Jets beat them in East Rutherford. But this is in Cleveland, so I'm not really going to touch the spreads here. Weird line at six and a half, like you said. But I think Nick Chubb finds the end zone this week. He uh, toured the rock for over 150 ground yards and didn't find the end zone last week. So I think it's his time to find Pater after they rewarded Hunt in the red zone and on the goal line. Yeah, I'm right there with both of you. I'm definitely leaning Cleveland here, but I don't love the six and a half point spread. I'd like to see this sitting like a little lower, like three and a half minus four maybe. Um, but I, I just can't lay six and a half right now with Cleveland with kind of the uncertainty. But like you said, I'm not necessarily jumping at the bit to bet the Jets plus six and a half either. So um, probably going to be staying away from the spread on this one. Like I said, the over under sitting at 40 and a half. So a low one uh, the under is actually favorited at minus 115. So uh, Fandle's thinking maybe the Jets aren't going to score too many points on this Cleveland defense uh, in their home opener. But uh, tough to say. I'm right there with you. I have a uh, Chubb on my one fantasy team last week. He was an absolute dog going for one. I think he had like 145 yards. I think it was right around 150, but um, 141. If you don't, if you have the exact stat, yeah, 141. But that, like you run for 141, you don't get in the end zone. Like you said, how much they use Kareem Hunt, uh, the, the duo of running backs they have in Cleveland is they're definitely going to be something that they're going to use. Uh, without with the absence of Deshaun Watson and while uh, Brissett's under center, um, that's no discount to him. That's just they have two really good running backs there, um, and that's a lot of people are forgetting that Kareem Hunt wanted traded in the middle of this off season, and that kind of just like went away. Whenever I guess he just kind of accepted the role that they were going to run it back. But um, Mackie, I don't know if you got anything else to say on this game. Yeah, I just said that. That um, committee back there in the backfield for the Browns is uh, something special. And we saw them both go to work this week. Nick Chubb was very high on everyone's fantasy list because everyone expected him to get most of the workload. But Kareem Hunt found the end zone once or twice last week. Once? Well, he found the end zone. And twice. I think it was twice. Both of them. Was it twice? Yeah, he yeah. found the end zone twice. Yeah, he found the end zone once through the air and once on the ground. So he's definitely not being forgotten about, and uh, they're using these two running backs very well, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you saw Kareem Hunt kind of get that squeaky wheel treatment there. He was complaining about his usage in the offseason. So Stefanski's like, all right, we're going to reward him. If you saw one of his touchdowns, it was a two-yard scamper. And then that was was from the fullback position. I actually like that formation they came out with. They had um, Brissett under center, lined up Kareem Hunt as the fullback and Chubb as the the tailback. So – it's tough to cover with those two uh, prolific rushers on the field. Like Mackie said, I think it's the best duo in the league. Um, I think they're a better team when they actually don't have a quarterback to rely on and they can just feed the rock to their two best offensive players. But, yeah, Nick Chubb finds the end zone this week. Book it. 
Yeah, I was trying to see if I could find any odds on that. There's no odds posted for some of these Sunday games yet, so that's, there's going to be something you have to stay tuned to the Instagram for. So um, <clears throat> we will jump into this next game at NFC South Showdown with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading to New Orleans to visit the uh, Jameis Winston and the fighting New Orleans Saints coming back in that big win last week uh, against Atlanta. Um, another divisional game for the Saints. Uh, Saints coming in as a or Bucks coming in as a minus two and a half point favorite, a minus one forty on the money line. Saints sitting right there at plus one twenty. Uh, the over under sitting at forty four and a half. Ace, I'll hand things off to you for your boy Tom Brady. Tommy B, the goat, a minus two and a half line. We're smacking that right away, just like we did on Sunday Night Football. I know that Brady struggled with the Saints team a lot in the past. He even said it in his latest interview. This is like after the game the other day. He literally said, "This is a team that." we struggled with. So I think he actually gets over the hump this time, uh, takes it out on a Saints team that doesn't have too much going for it. I know they have Taysom Hill as a nice little X factor on the ground, but that, that Bucks uh, front seven is so, so strong on that side of the ball. I think they stymie any type of trick play they have. Uh, watch Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas for a big game this week. I love the Bucks minus two and a half and uh, with that, them losing so many pieces on defense, uh, New Orleans, I think it's a tough, Tough ask with James Winston at the helm. Mackie, what do you have to say? Yeah, I'm definitely on the same side as you in this game. At the end of the day, you're looking at Tom Brady against James Winston, and I think you take Tom Brady every single time, minus two and a half. Um, neither of these teams really looked that good last week. I would say the Bucks only put up 19 on Dallas defense. They were in the red zone countless number of times, only scored one touchdown. Uh, Tom Brady was shaky, threw an interception, so um, – I don't know. I think we see a different Tom Brady this week. I think he uh, he he owns this division, and he's going to show it this week. So yeah, give me the Bucks minus two and a half. No, Brady last week. Brady last week went eighteen for twenty-seven for two twelve, one touchdown, one pick. He was efficient, but he has a lot more volume to go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, he threw a, he threw a late touchdown. It was a nice catch, nice throw, back shoulder to Mike Evans. But um, he also threw an interception, and I don't know. I feel like you were yeah. in the red zone so many times, you should have had more points than 19. Yeah, um, I'm right there with both of you. I think getting the Bucks at a minus two and a half here, I think kind of back to what Ace said, him kind of the interview with him kind of talking about the Saints and them being the team that they've struggled with, or at least since he's got to Tampa. And historically, the past couple of years, the Saints have kind of had the Bucks number. Um, I do think this week, I think the Bucks come out on top by two and a half or more. I do like the Bucks minus two and a half. So, um, I think this one's personal for Tom. I think he's definitely kind of trying to start on a little run here. Um, I like him to start out 2-0 and by uh, three or more. So give me the Bucks minus 2.5. I'm right there with you. Um, definitely going to want to get this one in, but think before it goes to three, just if you can get the win on three, you know what I mean? Might as well get by it now. So um, the next game is Baker Mayfield coming off a loss to his Cleveland Browns. Uh, Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers heading into East Rutherford to face Daniel Jones and the 1-0 New York Giants. Giants coming in at a minus one-and-a-half point favorite. Giants' money line is minus 126, and the Panthers sitting right there at plus 108 as well. Uh, the over-under for this game is going to be set at 43-and-a-half. Mackie, I will hand things off to you as you were the one that said Giants plus five-and-a-half last week. Me and Ace clowned you for it. Uh, they end up getting the win outright. I'm big, not necessarily this game. I love the Giants head coach. 
that video of him in the locker room. What's his name? Dable from the Bills. Dave, uh, what the fuck's his name, man? Brian Dable. Brian Dable. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm a bit. I'm a big fan of his. So, um, I think I think good things are coming from the Jets uh, or the Giants. Sorry, but I'll hand things off to you. What do you like this week, Jets or I said it again, Giants, Panthers. Yeah, this is a game that I've gone back and forth with a few times. And uh, at the beginning of the week, I was leaning Panthers. But I I think this is a good situation for the Giants to be in. They're at MetLife coming off a, coming off a nice, gritty win, a come, up, come from behind win. Nobody had any faith in them that entire game. And um, I don't know. I think Daniel Jones has some confidence for the first time in his career where he can come off a, win, come off a nice win in another game where he can actually win another one. And – Baker Mayfield still kind of meshing with that team, and uh, they don't really have it all figured out over there in Carolina. So this is a game where they can uh, ground and pound. Saquon Barkley can go for a touchdown or two, and they can come out on top. I think. I think. I think the Giants win this game. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I do like the the Giants this week. I think them in the the home opener, like you said, Baker Mayfield hasn't really. I mean, he had a pretty solid game last week. They did show their growing pains. I do think that's going to continue this week on the road. Um, I just think this Giants team has a little bit of a swagger to them right now that they could start out on a little bit of a run. Uh, coming back home to East Rutherford for the home opener this week. Uh, an unproven Panthers team. I think the Giants get the win here. Give me the Giants minus one and a half. Wow, I couldn't have uh, disagreed with you guys anymore. I think I said it earlier, what is it? Week one, the week of overreactions. I think the uh, New York Giants come back to life. They come back to earth this week against the Panthers. They don't have as much wiggle room to come back in the fourth quarter for Saquon Barkley big runs to spur the offense. That uh, Carolina Panthers defense is much stronger than Tennessee's was last week. And the Giants barely squeaked by, should have lost on that late field goal. I think they're they're going to be celebrating this win too much. First, first big win since the uh, infamous boat picture, I think, with Odell Beckham in <laughs> it. But... Um, Baker Mayfield, like you said, it didn't come together right away in the first half. But that Cleveland Browns defense is one of the best defenses in the league. It plays in the AFC North. You have Miles Garrett, Defensive Player of the Year candidate, chasing you down. And if you got, if I'm not mistaken, you Whoa. guys were heavy on them last week. You're stepping away this week, and Baker Mayfield finally was clicking on offense in that second half. I think he continues that hot streak that he had in the second half of the game. And I think the Panthers come out and win this game, maybe by a score or two. See, I think a lot is contingent on the Panthers' use and uh, effectiveness, I guess you would say, of McCaffrey. The, they kind of didn't really go to him too much early on last week uh, against Cleveland. And me having him in fantasy, that's obviously something I'm looking at. But um, I think give the ball to your best player. Like you're, you have a new quarterback and a new system. Give the ball to your best player. They were trying to feed things downfield, and eventually he had the late hookup with uh, Robbie Anderson that ended up making it a game. Um, but – I, this is one I'll be watching all the way up till Sunday. This is one that I usually like these kind of random games that I probably wouldn't watch. Um, this is the kind of game I like this kind of pick them lineup. So this is one I'll be watching right now. I'm definitely I'm kind of like Mackie. I was looking at the Panthers. I'm like, I like Baker to come off. I've seen your opinion with the Baker comes off of this kind of keeps things rolling. Um, comes into New York. I think I saw a stat today. I think he's six and zero against the NFC East or some. He's undefeated against the NFC East. So. It's going to, you know, you hear a stat like that, it's going to be interesting to pull that into it. So, um, but I'll be watching this one all the way up. Give me, give me, the, give me the Panthers on my card right now, money line. That's a lot. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
the Panthers last week, you guys were all so high on the Panthers. They burned you once in a shootout game with a good Cleveland Browns team. And now you're thinking that the Giants Why, eked what, win over, they eked makes, out a win over Tennessee. They lost by the foot of their kicker from what Tennessee. What makes that Browns team good? The What's best running back duo in the league who combined for over 250 yards from scrimmage and two total touchdowns. That Panthers defense, Daniel Jones isn't going to be able to do what he did to that defense. Saquon Barkley won't be breaking those runs. I like the Panthers' money line. Maybe alternate spread for a really good line. Give me that on the card now. Let's see it. You're going to take it two units? Well, I make it two units. I don't. Have, I haven't had a two-unit play yet. I'm not doing it on a team with zero wins. Here's one of Jesse's stats that he had pulled since the start of last season. The Panthers and Jaguars are tied for an NFL worst five and thirteen against the spread uh, since the start of last season. Obviously, Panthers not covering last I'm, week. I'm feeling dangerous. Give me the Panthers money line. Remember when we all put in those Panthers futures bets at plus nine hundred? Remember last week when they were on everybody's card? They have a way lesser opponent. I like the Panthers this week a lot. I like the Panthers at home. That was the main reason I was leaning on them. I thought they came out hot week one at home. Uh, I think like they're I good said, in Carolina. They yeah, they didn't use McCaffrey much. I like the defense. I think they do win their games. Um, it's just like I said, this is what I'm going to be watching up until the bit. I do like – I mean, I see your side with Carolina. So um, I think the Giants are one like, of the worst in the league. They're fighting for that top draft pick. They won that fluke game last week. They should, they're going to go to one and one Ball don't lie. A kick both ways in both of those teams last week costed the game. Like, think about it. Exactly. Yeah, but they're way different teams. Browns and Panthers are on a whole different level. All than right, Jordan. dude. So are the Seahawks and the Broncos. And Seahawks came out on top in that game. You're going to take the Seahawks team. this week, though? No, of course not. Well, who right. are they playing? I don't care. I wouldn't they're take the really Niners. The Niners. Well, they're on the road, but probably yeah. not, but. Yeah. I would say the Niners are a little better than the Panthers. Yeah, but the Seahawks aren't. The Seahawks don't even breathe in the same sentence as the uh, Panthers. I don't know, dude. Geno Smith's here. You have a Russell Wilson poster behind you. What does that mean? I can't like Geno Smith? Nah, you can't be talking him up after he just did that. I'm going to West Virginia, bro. You know where Geno Smith went to college? Yeah, that was way before you were born. It doesn't matter. I still like Tavon Austin. Tay awesome. RIP his career. We'll get into another Sunday 1 o'clock game. Aces New England Patriots coming to the newly named Akershire Stadium visiting my Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Patriots coming in at a minus 2.5 point favorite, a minus 126 money line. Uh, and the over-under sitting at 40.5. Steelers money line is plus 108. Um Ace, why don't you start us off on this one? Yeah, sketchy game with the two best players on both teams' uh, offensive side of the ball coming in injured, uh, banged up to say the least. Najee Harris, um, he's questionable for the game. I don't know if there's a definite ruling. Mac Jones, uh, X-rays came back. uh, He's playing. He's playing. Najee's playing, yeah. But he's banged up to say the least. For the amount of snaps he's going to see, for the amount of snaps Mac Jones sees, you know, the amount they touch the ball – they're banged up, to say the least, already in week two. Two second-year players. 
Um, I think it's going to be a slow day on from both sides of the ball. Maybe see some turnover scores. Um, what do you got for an over-under on that game? 40 and a half. Yeah, that's really low. That's This is a tough game. Another Patriots game that I can't touch. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to look at. Ty Montgomery, the Patriots' only touchdown score of last week going on to the IR. I mean, you'd say they have to lean on that ground game, but that Steelers' defense is so loaded up front. How do you do so? And I'd say the same about the Patriots' side. Two bad offensive lines. You'll see a nice gritty football game this Sunday between these two teams. Yeah. I think I'm obviously going to be sitting on the other side. So I think Steelers come home, obviously, coming off a hot, I mean, a high win, crazy game. I mean, really shouldn't have won that game at a lot of different points. Um, but coming out with the win in Cincinnati, coming into this one, 1 0, like you said, Patriots only scoring the seven points in Miami last week, not really looking too much at. Um, I kind of had the Steelers winning one or starting out 1 and 1. I thought they were going to lose in Cincinnati, like most people. Uh, coming out and surprising uh, myself as a Steeler fan, but I'll take the Steelers. I'm in a weird game. I'm going to buy the half point. Give me them plus three um, just in case. I do think the Steelers can come out, win this game outright on their home turf. Uh, a lot of, like you said, Najee on the, the, with the question mark next to him, how ready is he or how healthy is he? Um, is he, you know what I mean? Like I hate when they kind of like push these guys back. They're like, oh yeah, he's playing. It's like, well, was he playing at 60% or is he playing at, you know what I mean, 100%? Because there's a big difference with that, especially, like you said, a guy like Najee that's going to be getting all these touches in the offense, uh, kind of a, a new offense with not a lot of uh, passing game really proven last week. You know what I mean? They had their struggles. Like I said, a lot of these new offenses, you're going to see the growing pains with it, and Steelers are one of them. Uh, in, inconsist, inconsistent offensive line. Um, but with T.J. Watt out, that's going to be the biggest one. So, um if Minka and Miles Jack can have another really big game, I think Miles Jack was a huge addition for the Steelers defense and the linebacking core. Um, I'll take the Steelers plus three. Yeah, this is um, this is crazy to say for me because last week I couldn't make a pick on the Patriots game. Kind of figured they were going to lose to a lesser team in the Dolphins than I think of the Steelers. But I think I'm going to say I'm not going to put this on my card, not going to play it heavy. But I'm going to say the Patriots get the win this week. I mean – Bill Belichick against Mitch Trubisky. I like those odds a lot. Um, no TJ Watt. I don't think the Steelers are able to overcome their offensive deficiencies. I think the Patriots have a little bit more to show this week. They're going to be a little bit hungrier coming off a loss. I'll take the Patriot in this, Patriots in this, like I said, but nothing too heavy on this game. And, Mackie, let me say something real quick uh, before you get into your take. The Steelers head coach, Mike Tomlin, 46-23-2. Uh, against the spread as an underdog, adding another win to his record last week in Cincinnati. Yeah, coming from a neutral standpoint, I know you guys both have uh, a lot of feelings going into this game. But, um, Ace, you did say it's Mitch Trubisky against um, fucking Bill Belichick. Belichick. The only problem is Bill Belichick doesn't play the actual game of football. He coaches it. And uh, (laughs) I think this – (laughs) <laughs> no, not even a trip. I'm just saying. At the end of the day, know, he, he can't he can't go out there and play and play quarterback. So, uh, depending on Mac Jones and how how his well, how does X Ray's coming back? How's he doing? He's banged up, but he's gonna play. Yeah. So he, you know, you don't really have him at 100. percent I think we this see, Pittsburgh defense is just. Is there a situation we see Zappy? Zero situation. Say Mac Jones didn't even go. It'd be Brian Hoyer for sure. Is he still on the team? Oh, yeah. He's a coach. 
He's probably calling the offense. Nobody knows who's, who's calling the offense. But interesting piece. I don't know if you guys saw Kendrick. I don't Bourne want to cut Mackie off. Let Mackie keep keep going on his point. All right. I'll tell no. I'll tell you quick. Kendrick Bourne though benched last week by Matt Patricia for missing a meeting. Yeah, but uh, I just think this Pittsburgh defense is way too much for an injured Mac Jones and uh, this Patriots offensive line. Ultimately, I think it's a really low-scoring game. Mitch Trubisky played last week very safe, not really throwing the ball too deep downfield. We saw that Deontay Johnson insane grab that he had. One of the only ones he actually uh, threw a bit of a deep ball there. But uh, I think they just ground and pound a lot of uh, pressure on Najee. You know, he's not 100% either, but uh, I think they squeak squeak another one out here. I think, um, Mac, like you said, obviously Bill Belichick isn't going on the field and playing quarterback, but he is controlling that defense. Um, he makes something out of nothing, no matter who's his defensive core is. We see that year in and year out. Um, reminiscent of that 10-3 to Super Bowl win over the L.A. Rams and Sean McVay, the reigning Super Bowl champions. But That's, um, a, team that, that's a team that got to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, not a team that's 0-1 and didn't make the playoffs last year. Or yeah, no, but like round. I said before, I'm going to say they're not relying on their offense. If they can find a way to punch it in once or twice, I think that might be enough this week. I think that defense does numbers and maybe even gets a score of their own. I'd look at... New England defense or special teams uh, score this week at a good line. I just think you're forgetting what they did to the AFC championship winners last year. Yeah, I think, but they go so conservative on offense this week in New England that without TJ Watt too, I think you can actually run the ball. I mean, that is so big. It's just like, I think the best player on the team. Yeah, definitely, but it's he's not the only he's not the only yeah he's not the only guy on that yeah I'm just leaning Patriots. It will be weird. It will be weird how they for good reason. Like I understand why you're liking the Patriots. Yeah, last week I last week I didn't like us against the Dolphins really, and if you had T.J. Watt, it would be a different story. I'd probably go no play again just because I can't bet against my boys. But without T.J. Watt, I think he's the biggest X factor on your team. Um, I think we have more playmakers, difference makers on our team enough to make a difference and win the game. I'm saying. Definitely yeah, gonna be know. a. It'll be a no, good, I know good game for sure. All righty, we will get into the next one. Um, let me see here. I believe it is the Indianapolis Colts visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars, or I'm sorry, the Colts coming in as a minus four and a half point favorite on this one. A minus one ninety six money line. Uh, the over under sitting at forty four and a half. Uh, Colts came to a halt last week against the Texans, uh, ending the game in a tie. Um, Jags losing by six to Washington. And uh, like I said about the Carolina, the Jaguars, NFL worst, 5-13 and 13 against the spread uh, since the start of last season. Uh, so uh, with the Colts with the tie last week, is are you guys more leaning Indianapolis here? Um, Ace, I'll start things off with you as you had uh, Colts money line on the card last week. Uh, a push. I know you didn't hit the parlay, but you actually hit one, lost one, and pushed one on that three-legged. Yeah, um, the Colts, interesting team to look at. They didn't really get – Jonathan Taylor went off, uh, but he didn't – I think they can use him again for that many yards. He didn't take over the game in any sense until the second half. I think they get him going early. I like this Jaguars team last week. That's the thing. But I don't think they have enough to stand with the, the Colts. I'm going to roll with them again. They bailed us out with a push. Um in other places, I know not on that play I had on the card, but uh, Mackie, you have something to say about these Colts? Um, yeah, I was just very disappointed in that team that came out last week. <laughs> Even with Jonathan Taylor putting up 160 plus yards and a touchdown, they still weren't able to escape a 
pretty weak Houston Texas Texans team, in my opinion. Davis Mills had a good game, kept them in at the entire game, got them the tie, but I just don't think that the Colts did anywhere near enough to just get out of that game alive. And that Jags team put up a really good fight last week. You saw Doug Peterson trust Trevor Lawrence to throw the ball constantly. He threw 42 – he had 42 passing attempts. He threw an interception. He threw for 275 yards. But uh, I just think it's a different Jaguars team this year, and I think a ho- being a home dog in a divisional matchup is very profitable. So give me the Jaguars in this game. Yeah, like I said, uh, week one, though, um, I think there's a lot of pressure on those teams. Give me the Colts this week. Not going to throw it on the card. They burnt us a little bit, saved us, but burnt us. Um, not going to throw it on the card with four points, but I might look at throwing them in one of my cheaper parlays. Uh, I think they're going to have let loose a little bit more. See Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor take over again for a nice Colts win to go one-on-one. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning kind of with Mackey here, I guess I'd say. I like Jacksonville with the points. Um, divisional home dog. Um, I'd rather give points than take. I've said that since we started the podcast last year. Um, give me Trevor Lawrence to come out here, have, you know what I mean, somewhat of a game to start out their season, week two, home opener. Um, I like the Jaguars here. Yeah, give me the Jaguars with the points. I'll take the the four and a half, um, maybe even like see that in a teaser, get that up to six and a half, maybe seven and a half up there somewhere. So um, I do like Jacksonville as a home dog. Uh, not necessarily to win the game, but give me the points. Um, but we will get into the next one. Um, we have the Miami Dolphins visiting the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens coming in at a minus three and a half point favorite, a minus one ninety money line in the over under coming in at forty four and a half. Uh, both of these teams coming up big against their uh, opponents last week. Uh, let's see what they can do against each other this week coming into week two. Ravens 9-2 and two against a spread in their last 11 games against Miami. Mackey, I will hand things off to you. Lamar Jackson last week got up to a little bit of a rough start, and he started slow. A lot of people were uh, hating on him in the beginning of that game, and then we just saw the old Lamar Jackson as he popped off and did what he needed to do to get past this Jets team. I'm going to ride this Ravens team until they fail me. I think this is they end up with maybe the best record in the league this year. And uh, I think Lamar Jackson just has another stellar, stellar performance. Um, yeah, I think this line should be more around like five and a half, six. Dolphins didn't really impress me that much last week against a pretty weak Patriots team. I guess you could say they're kind of weak. I don't really know. A very... I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't. You didn't want to get. You didn't want to get too. I didn't. I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't even really trying to call them weak, but like they are. They're definitely on the bottom half of the teams in the NFL. But uh, you didn't want to get yeah, too tough think, either. I don't. I just don't think the Dolphins have enough of it in them to come into Baltimore and put up really much of a fight. I. I think Ravens win this game by seven plus points. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Give. Uh, I'll be. I'm right there with you. I'll be riding the Ravens spread. Uh, last week against the Jets, minus six and a half. We took the minus six. Uh, right here, minus three and a half. I think um, interesting move by the hook. I think. Let me see what the alternate spread to get this at minus three would be uh, on Fanduel. Uh, Fanduel doesn't let you do the alternate spreads of like whole points. They make you do the half point. Uh, let me see what minus two and a half for. I thought I thought we were all going to be easy instant uh, all in unity here. 
Ravens uh, spread. I thought we were riding that till it dies. I've talked enough on the Ravens all year, but I'll take the Ravens spread in this game. Yeah, the minus two and a half is minus one seventy. That's the thing. Like when you buy the whole point, it drops super crazy. But that it's tells insane. me you can get the yeah. minus one thirty, like minus one forty, or you can get the minus three at minus one forty or so. So, um, but yeah, I like I like the Ravens here. Give me the Ravens at home. Ravens spread lock again. But for peace of mind, I always say it. Give me that half point. Give me that half a point. Worst case scenario, yeah. it comes down to that leg of Justin Tucker to give you a push. But I think the Ravens... And we've seen it before with the Ravens. So yeah. give me the half point. I'll take the minus three. Yeah, but the Ravens minus three and a half. Come on. My Super Bowl pick. They're going to roll this week. All righty. We will get into the Atlanta Falcons going into SoFi to visit the defending Super Bowl champion LA Rams. Rams coming in at a minus 10.5-point favorite. I believe that's got to be our biggest spread of the week. Rams money line minus 550. Uh, the over-under is sitting at 45.5. Ace, how are you feeling on this one? Oof, what a tough line for a tough for a tough-looking team last week in the Rams. I mean, everybody's expecting a big bounce back by Matt, Matt Stafford. But um, Marcus Mariota proved to play pretty well. They pulled the classic Falcons and blew the game late. So if you were to go with the Rams in a money line, I'd be say wait until the fourth quarter, third quarter area. But, um, yeah, this is a tough one here. I think that's too many points to take the Rams. And the Falcons played tough last week. I'm staying away from this game. Yeah, I'll be staying away from this one. I think uh, this is another game if I want to take something on it. Uh, give me the Rams in a teaser. Get them down around like six and a half or lower. So I was I was thinking um, Falcons in a teaser. Raise them up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I mean, either way, I don't like the ten and a half. So. I mean, that's the whole yeah. point of the teaser. Ten and a half. You tease them up. Way. You get them up. I mean, that's a you. You got to have a third leg in there. That you wouldn't be getting at it like minus one ten. Yeah, I def I definitely be. Uh, I think. Falcons. I think either way you tease this, you win. I yeah. think this game sits around 10, 10 points, eight, 8 to 10 points. It's yeah. just I don't want to pick my side on 10.5. I'd rather pick it on minus 6.5 or plus. That's what, like I'm saying. Said, That's what I'm saying. Plus yeah. So much value on the Falcons, but I can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I Maybe think, in a, uh, cheap, a cheap money line parlay. Yeah. Mackie's going to do it, too, in a cheap money line parlay. I know he is. What, the Falcons? Yeah. No, if anything, I'd just throw them on their fucking money line, dude. They're plus 425. That's what I'm saying. You throw the plus 425 money line in a cheap parlay? Dude, if that hits and then something else misses, how pissed would you be? If you could have yeah, just got you, that straight. You just, if that's hitting, something else is hitting. Come on. No, until it doesn't. We've seen that. Until it doesn't. Times. Until it doesn't. You'll put them in a parlay with like the fucking Bills at minus ten. The Bills will lose or something. Yeah, a couple bucks at most. Though I'm not putting any significant money on that four seventy five. No, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, that's definitely a game I'll be staying away from unless that's. I mean, like I said, that's like prime teaser opportunity. That's gonna be a boring game. game. Yeah, I'm not gonna be watching that one. Um, Cooper Cup though. Next one, we have an NFC West divisional matchup. Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks coming off a Monday night football win against Russ, uh, going to 
Levi Stadium to visit Trey Lance in the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers coming in at an eight and a half point favorite, a minus 390 money line. Seahawks are plus 310. And the over-under sitting at 41 and a half. Um, what are you guys leaning here? Uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, Geno Smith in the first place, Seattle Seahawks. Let's uh, not forget that. They're the only team in that division that went 1-0 after every other team was more hyped up than them. Kind of the same, kind of the opposite that happened in the NFC East with the Cowboys going 0-1 and everyone else going 1-0. But uh, I think the Seahawks come back to reality this week and they have a tough time playing against that Niners defense. I think Trey Lance kind of figures it out a little bit more. He's obviously still learning every day. Having a week under his belt is huge. Obviously, it's he's coming off a loss to the team that had the least expectations coming into this year in the Chicago Bears. But uh, I think he has a nice bounce-back game where he has um, a nice environment being at home and uh, evidently going against a, really, a pretty weak team. Yeah, I think I think I don't think this game's being played in the torrential downpours of Soldier Field. So I'm liking Trey Lance to bounce back this week. Um, I'll take him to win this game. Definitely, that roster is too too stacked. I know they don't have a run game, so you're going to see more Debo Samuel work. A lot of people ran to the waiver wire in fantasy leagues for Jeff Wilson Jr., but Debo Samuel is going to get the high volume touches there. Not high volume, high impact touches in the red zone. Um, Definitely, definitely on the 49ers here. I've been heavy on them before. They burnt me in parlay last week, but that's 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 a different type of football game, especially especially for a first career start. Um, taking the 49ers to redeem themselves. Kyle Shanahan's too good of a coach. You guys are both writing off Gino, huh? Oh, for sure. I think he had his moment of fame. Nine. That's now ten straight covers on a spread. Wish I would have seen that stack coming game? into Monday night. Eight and a half. I, I, I don't know about the spread here. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not taking the Niners spread, but I'm taking the Niners to win the game. Yeah, I think I think that's a good number on this game. I think it'll sit around either a touchdown or a 10-point game. Um, This is another game. I'm looking to get the Seahawks at like plus 10 and a half. Um, divisional game, give me the points. If I can get 10 points in a divisional game, um, like you said, I think 49ers win the game, um, but – Trey Lance still, you know, question marks around this uh, 49ers team. What the, what are they going to be able to do? Uh, get the ball in your best player's hands, Debo. But um, Seattle came to play last week. Like you said, that was that could be a lot of people are saying that was their Super Bowl. That was their kind of what they were playing for was to win. I'm um, not saying Seattle comes out with the win, but you give me that team with 10 points in a divisional matchup, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, they can give you 10 points, but you got to hope they can that's, that weak Seattle defense is as hyped for this game as they were in front of the 12th man with Russ's homecoming. I mean, I don't think the the Seahawks can even score, let alone 10 points, against this loaded 49ers defense. I think the Seahawks struggled to win against uh, Broncos team at home in the primetime. I mean, they were hyped up for that game. That team's so weak. This roster for the uh, 49ers owns the trenches on both sides, has playmakers in all the skill positions. I think uh, they get this one done for sure. I might even look at the spread, but that's a high number, so I'm not positive on that. I like the under here. I know it's a low, I know it's a low under 41 points, but I don't think Geno Smith – You guys believe in that C- Seattle defense? No. I mean, it's tough. I mean, not that he's the best player in the world, but they just lost Jamal Adams and it seemed like the defense got a little better in the second half. All they have is that linebacker that took over Bobby Wagner's role. What's his name? 
He's going to be one of the next big linebackers. Yeah, I can't think of his name either. He is a stud. Um, I mean, they got Quandre Diggs. They have players on Seattle, like we said. They have DK, Tyler Lockett. I mean, Noah Fant. They have options for Gino to go to on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Yeah, that's his name. From Philly, right? Didn't they get him from Philly? Or am I thinking of a different guy? You might be right. I can't remember exactly. Um, But... Yeah, I just think in this one, I'll, I'll ride the Geno ten straight covers. Give me, give me Seattle, or give me Seattle. Like I said, I want to tease them up a little bit. I don't love eight and a half. It's a weird number, but yeah, I'll t- I'll ride Geno. I'm not, I'm not writing them off. Alrighty, next we have Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals heading into Jerry World to visit Mackey's Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals are coming in as a minus seven and a half point favorite, a minus three thirty five money line, and the over under sitting at forty two and a half. Um, Mackey, I'll hand things off to you first for this one. Yeah, um, obviously everything going on with the Cowboys. You don't have Dak Prescott. You're starting Cooper Rush in this game. After the game last week, being a Cowboys fan, there's not a lot of hope in this season. And I think if we saw Dak Prescott in this game, I think this would be a really tough spot for Joe Burrow to bounce back. And uh, I think we would see the Bengals fall to 0-2, essentially. But I think this is a perfect situation for him now to bounce back because no, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. There's no threat for the, for the Cowboys on offense. They're going to be short drives, three and outs a lot. Joe Burrow is going to have a bounce back game and pick apart that pretty weak Cowboys secondary. In my opinion, I think they uh, are a little gassed up with Trayvon Diggs being back there, obviously. But um, I think the Bengals eat this week. I don't think the Cowboys get anything going. Cooper Rush is not him, and he's not going to be the answer. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I like the Bengals come back, bounce back week. Um, tough divisional loss against the Steelers last week at home. I think they go down to Dallas, handle business. I like the Bengals minus seven and a half. Um, ace. How are you feeling? I definitely agree. No Dak Prescott, no Dallas Cowboys is the way I look at it. We've seen this story before. Um, and Joe Barr started to click with Chase at the end of that game. We know the weapons in Cincinnati. We saw them last year. I know that we've been harsh on them here. But without without Dak Prescott, I mean, you're, you're going to see Michael Parsons get a few big plays. But that's about it. I mean, I think the Bengals roll here. I said it last week. I'll, I'll roll back with it this week. The Bengals and uh, Joe Barr are going to have a big game this week against uh, Dak Prescott list. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I definitely agree here. Wish I could disagree. Yeah, so but. we're all we're all riding the Bengals this week. I like the spread. So, um, what's next? We have the Houston Texans going a mile high for Russell Wilson's home opener with the Denver Broncos. Broncos coming in at a nine and a half point favorite, uh, minus four sixty money line, and the over under sitting at forty five and a half. Um, I do not have any stats on this one. Um, Tough spread here for the nine and a half, but um, Ace, how are you feeling on this one? Remember last week when you were making fun of me for that Houston Texans team and they almost came out and beat uh, the Indianapolis Colts on opening I don't week? Know who was making fun of you? I you can quote the podcast. I was Texans plus seven and a half the entire time. All right, all right. You guys are saying, is this are you taking a money line? I I almost did. It's all right. They pushed it's anyways. a Colts money line. Yeah, I know. I did. I know, but. Hey, it pushed either way. So you're coming but, at us. You're the one that had Colts on the card, bro. Yeah, they, <laughs> the Colts are the better team. I don't think the Texans put it together. This you can go back and read read those quotes. I don't think I didn't think they were going to be putting it together that early. 
I mean, it's another week where I'm saying they're still not going to be that team yet. Later in the year, they'll get their wins. But that 10 points for the Broncos is a lot. Playing in front of their home fans uh, at Mile High will be nice for Russell Wilson. Um, but that defense scared me, and the play calling from the first-year head coach is not something to be proud of, along with the fumbles, too. Mackie. Yeah, uh, I think this is a game that a lot of people look at, and they're like, oh, Broncos didn't come out last week. Texans did come out last week. And they're going to think that 10 points is a little too much, but uh, I think that's what they want you to think. You got you got Russell Wilson coming off of a week where with a new offense, with a new head coach, with a new everything. And uh, I think he's feeling it out still. And I think being home in that in that uh, altitude will be a big problem for uh, Davis Mills. Not Not home, but... It'll be a big problem for Davis Mills and, and uh, that Texans team, and I think the Broncos kind of walk all over them. I think Russell Wilson has a big game at home. Uh, he's in the nice environment, and he's uh, he's gonna come have a, he's gonna have a big game here. Yeah, the 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 struggles that he had last week in Seattle. There was so much going into that game. I mean, like I said, the lights could have never been brighter for him uh, in a Week One game. Him obviously his first game. Everyone knows the storyline. His first game as a Bronco back in Seattle. Uh, loses the game, so I think he gets back, uh, back on things or back on track here. I should say uh, nine and a half. I don't love, um, but I'll take it with the Broncos at home against a, a Texans team that, like we said, they had a tie last week. Um, good cover on the spread there, but uh, this week against a pretty legitimate Broncos team, um, I like the I like the Broncos. It's tough to take them coming off a loss, but like you said, at home. I think they get their fans under them in that tough uh, altitude, and they get the win by ten or more. I think you'll see the ball flying high in the air with uh, with Russ. I like him with all, uh, maybe two, two, three TDs this week. I think he comes out and balls on this Texans. Yeah, defense. I agree with that, Huff, for sure. Um, we looked at heavy props for this game, which was in the Sunday night spot, but um, I'm thinking Russell Wilson has a big stack game here. Not believing that defense enough to give to lay 10 points with them, but I'll take a Russ prop this week, over two and a half touchdowns probably through the air. You're going to run it back? Oh, I'm going to run it back, and we're going to up yeah. it another touchdown. Love the confidence. All righty. The next game we have Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals heading to Vegas to visit Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders coming in at a minus five-and-a-half-point favorite, a minus 240 money line. Uh, Cardinals money line coming in at plus 198, and the over-under sitting at 51-and-a-half ace. Two of your teams I know you root for. I'll hand things off to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, the the Raiders and the Cardinals, two teams coming off of a tough loss to uh, valid opponents last week, both looking to have big seasons with uh, a lot of talent on both sides of the ball for each squad. Good coaching with McDaniels versus um, – Kingsbury too, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over in this game. I think both offenses put up a lot of touchdowns. The Cardinals defense, the Raiders defense, nothing special on either side of the ball. I know they have the pass rushers in Vegas. Um, five and a half is too many points for the Raiders, but they're gonna be at home in that brand new stadium. Not brand new anymore, but still, I'm gonna say brand new stadium with the way it looks. I think McDaniel's gets his first win this week against Kingsbury, but I'm gonna take the over for sure. See Adams, Wallach, Murray. Uh, car all of big days. Mackie, what do you have to think about this game? Uh, yeah, I, I think this is a really good spot for the Cardinals to come in. Um, you know, we saw 
We saw that Raiders team last week against the Char- a really good Chargers team, and that was only a five point game. But I, you know, that wasn't really that as close as the scoreboard says. I think the Chargers had complete control of that game, and um, I don't know. I don't really have much faith faith in this Ra- Raiders team. We saw Kyler Murray last week against a really tough opponent in the Chiefs. So, you know, obviously they got blown out and they didn't have the best game. But you know, he threw for two t- or two touchdowns and 193 yards and didn't turn the ball over. So. After a game like that, I think this is a good position for him to bounce back. After signing a big contract, I think they told him like, "You got to get it under control. You got to get some wins wins under your belt." So, I think he has a big game this week. I think to come out on top. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really good game. This is definitely, if not, this should be the kind of whatever they call the game of the week, the little afternoon uh, matchup. They love to dub that. But uh, Raiders five and a half is a tough number. Uh, coming off a loss, I know they only lost by five to a divisional uh, opponent in the Chargers, a very legitimate Super Bowl contender. Um, Ace, I'm right there with you. I love the over 51 and a half. I think we see a big day from Devontae, Hunter Renfro, Waller. Um, and then you look at the Cardinals side of the ball, I think we might see a, a Hollywood Brown touchdown. Maybe James Conner finding the end zone. Maybe a Kyler Murray rush. I think we see a lot of points in this game both ways. I don't know who I love with the spread, um, but give me the over 51 and a half in this one. Yeah, like I said, I think we can all see some high-flying uh, scoring in this game. Definitely going to be a good one to watch. Um, last game before last game of the day with Scott Hansen on that seven hours of commercial-free football, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, definitely have some good picks for these Sunday night and Monday night games. You know I'll be digging in to find some great props that me and Mackie hit on last week looking to hit again. So make sure you check out the card. I'm hopping off here, but the boys will get you some good picks for those last two games of the week. Thanks, Ace. Sounds good. All righty. We will get into this next game. We have Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears visiting Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Packers coming into the minus 9.5 point favorite, minus 450 money line in the over-under sitting at 41.5. Um, Mackie, how are you feeling about this one? Do you think Rodgers bounces back after only scoring seven uh, in Minnesota last week? I mean, we I remember we kind of talked about this last week. We or last year we took the Packers week one. I think we uh, that was one of our first team picks was Packers with the points in New Orleans last week or last year. I keep saying last week, and they only took uh, they only put up the three points last year, seven points this 38 week. Thirty-eight to three. Yeah, I was I was on the Vikings this week. That was one of my few. Um, wins that I was going to put on the card, but ended up not doing so it. Wish I, I did. Yeah, yeah that was one I, I was too. really big on. But um, what do you think here? Yeah, I don't know. This is definitely a bounce back game for Ed Rogers and this Packers team. Um, this is the perfect position for them to be in after second year in a row coming out really soft. And uh, we we saw what they did last year and ended up winning, winning thirteen games, thirteen and four, or fourteen and three, whatever they were. Aaron Rodgers yeah. MVP season. So this is definitely a bounce back game for them. I think they cover the 10 points at home. And uh, I think we see that Chicago Bears team that we thought we were going to see all year. I don't – I like – that's what's scaring me is I like the Packers minus nine here, and that's what's scaring me is I like a lot of these big spread favorites, and I know they're not all hitting. So these are – some of these games are going to be the ones I stay away from. I mean, I did like the Seahawks with the plus. I think it was like 10. I said if you could tease it up a little bit, but a lot of big spreads. This this is also – this is also a Sunday night game, so you know that yeah. plus ten right. is very valuable for the for the Bears. 
one yeah. o'clock game that's 10 points are not as valuable a sunday night game this is a valuable 10 points for the bears yeah absolutely yeah i'll take the i'll lean the packers with the points but like you said sunday night love a sunday night underdog uh if justin fields can have a kind of carry that success into this week uh, another divisional opponent but we know rogers against the bears um his record against them i believe pretty fucking legit if not undefeated damn um, near um so damn near. it's pretty pretty close to think that or it's pretty safe to think that the back-to-back MVP comes home in the home opener, uh, gets the job done against a divisional opponent. I just don't see the Packers starting out 0-2, let alone 0-2 in the division. Yeah, I don't really see any position where they can lose this game. I think I, I think we could see a backdoor cover, but uh, I'm pretty sure they have control of this game the entire game. Yeah. All righty, we have two Monday night games this week. Uh, the first one we will get into is going to be a 7-15 kick uh, between the Titans and the Bills. Bills, another 9.5-point favorite, a minus 460 money line, and the over-under sitting at 48.5. Another big spread. Who are you leaning on this one? I don't know, man, because I think I think the Titans are really bad this year. I do. I, do, I don't think that they have much going for them. They're not – Derrick Henry's going to have a fall-off year. We've seen it. We saw it a little in week one. We saw a spurts of it in week one. But um, they, they, this Titans team, I mean, that defense, how are they going to stop Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis? Like, how do you stop all those players with such a weak defense? I, I could just see – again, you see a spread that's nine and a half points, but I just don't see a situation where this Titan, Titans team can keep up. Yeah, I think I – think- like we said with the Ravens, you're just you said you're just gonna ride that until it fails you. I think I'm kind of feeling that way with the Bills. They're feeling like a pretty safe team to ride the spread. They're gonna be getting some pretty deep spreads, but I mean that te- that team's capable of handling. I mean a ten point win against Tennessee, like you said, I'm not too high on them either this year. Uh, Monday Night Football, I think Josh Allen has another prime time ball out game. Um, I think the Bills win this game like thirty four seventeen somewhere around there. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. If, if getting, seventeen, getting, getting, they're getting thirty points. I think, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't see a situation where I, they don't. I was gonna say they're getting thirty, and the Titans aren't getting twenty. So yeah, I think both these games are a perfect situation for a nice little teaser. Get the Bills down to three points. Vikings yep. up to Vikings up to eight yep. and a half, nine and a half. I think that's perfect. Yep. I was literally gonna jump right in. We'll go right into that Vikings visiting the Eagles. Uh, for the second of the back to or the kind of doubleheader Monday night football this week. Um, the Eagles coming in at a one and a half point favorite on their home field, minus 132 money line, Vikings plus 112, the over under sitting at 51 and a half. Um, I believe I have a stat on this one uh, with the Vikings taking down the Packers uh, in good fashion last week. Eagles taking down the Lions uh, by just a field goal. Who are you leaning here? I know you just said the thing with the Vikings getting them up on points and a teaser. Um, if you had to take the money line straight, who are you leaning? Yeah, I I love the Vikings here. I love them in the situation. I think we saw everything that we wanted to see out of that Vikings team last week with sharing the ball between Adam Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, stellar game, 180-plus yards, two touchdowns. We're seeing Kirk Cousins use him so efficiently in this offense, and they have Dalvin Cook in the backfield. I mean, there's not much stopping this Vikings team right now. I think they're a legit contender for that NFC North division and essentially 
winning this NFC conference. Um, Eagles, on the other hand, had a good week. Backdoor cover by the Lions. Gave up a lot of points. When they gave up 35 points, when they gave 38, 35. Yeah. I just don't think that, that this Eagles defense has many stops against this Vikings offense that's clicking at it in every way right now. I just – I don't know. It's definitely going to be a good game. I think the Vikings come out on top, maybe by by seven seven points. Yeah, I do like the Vikings here. I like that plus money on the money line. I'll probably end up taking that, but uh, you kind you definitely interested me. You know how I feel about a two leg teaser. That's definitely going to be something I'm I, looking at. Bills, I, I Bills, think that's Vikings. That will be taken this week. I think I yeah. like that. At least because I know Ace is high on the Vikings, and um, Jesse just is always down for a teaser. So, um, and he, Dude, I mean, he's Vikings been. Team. The Vikings team looks good, man. Dude, I mean, against a divisional (laughs) opponent, they absolutely balled week one. Like, that's what you expect. If you see that as a Vikings fan week one, you're like, dude, it's it's our year. You know what I mean? You're ecstatic. You're ecstatic. I am so high on this team right now until they prove me wrong. They just have everything going for them. Kirk Cousins is doing exactly what he needs to do with that offense right now. And we're going to get a lot of really good prices on the Vikings like this. Clearly, uh Monday night game in Philly, prime time. Give me the underdog. Yeah, definitely. I like it. Yeah, but um, that's going to wrap up the games for this week. Uh, You heard Ace sign off a few minutes ago. That's going to do it for us. Um, Season 2, Episode 4, heading into Week 2 of the NFL season. Stay tuned to the social media for all of our picks across all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, turn on your post notifications for all the social media platforms at hitthebooks.pod uh, and underscore pod. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play. Um, see you guys next week. Best of luck on the bets this weekend. I expect myself to have a big bounce back weekend uh, after the tough start in week one. Mackie riding high. See you guys next week. Yeah, guys, thanks for coming out. I know we uh... – we don't talk about college football a lot on here because if we did, we'd be here all day. But we do release plays for college football as well, so stay tuned for those on Good Saturday. Point. And, uh, yeah, just be ready for the cards on, on Sunday. Let's get going. Yeah, that's going to do it. Great point about the college football thing too. So, yeah, definitely we're going to stay tuned for the college football picks. We definitely uh, – we I believe we're 2-0, and 2-1, oh, and one, sitting somewhere, I think 2-1. We're, we're, we're riding nice right now. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned for the the college football picks. Not not doing individual cards for college football because things would get kind of out of hand. Uh, just releasing the team plays for college football. Uh, like I said, I think we're two and one, so uh, starting out pretty good. But like I said, that's gonna do it for season two, episode four. We will see you guys after week two of the NFL season. Um, we will see you next week to go over week three. Mackie, you'll see you later. Have a good one. All right. Peace.